Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On our game day edition of the show, our guest today is beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. A reminder that wherever you get your podcast from, please like or rate us and leave your comments. We want to know what you like about the show and what we can do better. You can also email me anytime at the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. Before Aaron joins us, let's get it started as we do every week during the season with my view from Section 17. Okay, I was in a funk on Sunday, I admit it. It seems like the older I get, I just don't bounce back from these losses like I used to. The fan in me just loses his mind when we start the game like we did. Dig ourselves a hole and then battle back only to lose on a fourth down play that was oh so close. And God bless Ronnie Bell. He busts his butt on every play. He blocks, runs great routes, and he rarely drops anything. He's become a go-to guy. But it happens. Keep your head high, Ronnie. We need more Ronnie Bells on this team, as Jim said at his presser on Monday. The realist in me starts to take back over on Mondays after I've had a chance to watch the game again and sort of put things in perspective. So after digesting that gut-wrenching loss, this is where I am. We fought our tails off on Saturday night. We showed grit and resolve. The offense is coming together. I truly believe that. And our defense, even though they gave up a few too many big plays, still is a fast, tough bunch of guys. They are a good group, and they're going to keep us in every game. That said, I'm not into moral victories. Don't believe in that stuff. But I do believe in improvement that you can see, which we have the last two weeks. I actually have good vibes about the Notre Dame game this Saturday. They are a good team. Not sure they're as good as Penn State. And we'll have to bring it if we want the W, and I think we will. My guest today says he can understand why Michigan fans are upset. This was a season of such high expectations, and so far, it has been a struggle. As he says, though, we have some big football games left, and beating Notre Dame could flip the script on this season for Jim Harbaugh and his team, and I think he's right. Up next is beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live here on The Michigan Man, in partnership with our friends at SB Nation's Maze and Brew. 
Here with us on our game day segment as we take a look back at the uh, disappointing loss on Saturday night, beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. Once again, great to have you back with us, Aaron. Good to be back, Mike. Well, as we all know by now, another loss on the road against a ranked team. And I think we all agree for Michigan fans, it is getting old, isn't it, Aaron? Yeah, and frustration is, is certainly, you know, uh, ratcheted up, and, and rightfully so. You know, one, I think Jim Harbaugh now is, I think it's one in 10 now on the road against AP top 25 teams. Uh, you know, I thought this game was, uh, Michigan played a, a better game this week when you, you compare it to the Wisconsin game last month. Um, but the result is, is still the same. You know, a loss is a loss, and, and Michigan now, you know, enters, you know, Notre Dame week with a, the 5-2 and two record, and, a lot of unknowns at this point. As we said, there were a lot of things to like about how the team played in Happy Valley, but the bottom line is uh, it was a loss, and I think uh, right now, five years into the program, people are well past moral victories, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, in a way, I think you know Jim is too. He may not, you know, say it. He's going to try and you know spin things positively, and, and that's obviously part of his job. Um, but it, it, you know, he was he was brought here to win football games and win win big big football games and they largely have not been able to do it at least on the road um and, and you know getting then i think that's the difference between a you know a good football team and, and, a, and a great football team is not only winning the games you're supposed to do win but then winning the, the, the big games on the road or at least you know winning half of them and they just haven't been able to do it and that's so far i think that's been you know it's been the detriment of jim harbaugh's tenure here in ann arbor well again we saw improvement in many areas especially on the offensive side the team is still making way too many uh, undisciplined mistakes. And the way the game started sort of uh, gave you bad vibes right away, calling a timeout on the first play, which was absolutely crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the vibe in there in State College is obviously was, it was a loud one, you know, as it usually is for those, those night games, you know, with the whiteout and everything. Um, you know, it was loud, so I'm, I'm assuming it was difficult to hear in the field. But, you know, that was something we were told going into the game that Michigan was going to work on and they weren't going to have any issues with. I mean, they've... You know, they played in this before. This isn't the first time they played in a hostile environment. You know, Notre Dame was, was real loud last year. Um, you know, they did play at Wisconsin last month, and it was loud then too. So, uh, you know, they got off to a bad start, you know, right away, like you mentioned. And, uh, you know, that I think kind of went into their, their early hole there in, the, there in the first half to kind of put them behind the eight ball. Well, that is sort of the common theme against these uh, highly ranked teams or ranked teams on the road, Aaron, is that, that start, the poor start. It's just something you, you, you scratch your head and wonder, how can you not turn that around eventually? Yeah, I, I, I don't, and I don't have an answer for it. I don't know if it's a preparation issue or it's just a, you know, it, it, it's weird because Michigan, at least from the offensive offensive side of the ball, they're pretty experienced. I mean, they got a lot of guys back from last year who played in big game atmospheres like this, so you'd think that they'd be more prepared going into a game like this. Uh, and like I said, you know, they knew what they're going into. This wasn't a surprise, um, but you know, I think that there, that kind of goes to show that. Uh, you know, wins in this situation are, are crucial, you know, for, for not only this season, but in past years, you know, there's, and sometimes you've you got to learn how to win games like this. And in, 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 you know, perfect example, Michigan's record on the road, they haven't been able to do it. So I think a lot of these guys on the team just haven't been, been through the situation before in terms of going through this environment and winning a football game. So they're, they're all, and I think they're all trying to figure this out on their own, so to speak. And, uh, you know, you just, I think that again, like I think that contributed to the, the early, the poor start there early. Well, a lot of penalties, a lot of mental errors uh, in that first quarter, which we saw against Wisconsin also. But 
Kirk Herbstreit mentioned this a couple of times on the broadcast. He said it looks like there's a lack of discipline on this team uh, in some areas. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you know, I think you know early in the year you saw the fumbles became were an issue. Penalties were an issue those first few weeks. Now the penalties have kind of died down here in the last couple of weeks, but that cropped up again on Saturday. You know, they had eight penalties for 48 yards. Uh, Michigan's receivers dropped. I, I counted six balls they should yeah. have had that they just flat out dropped. I think five of which were in that first half. Um, you know, and then you, you mentioned the, the first play issues there, and uh, yeah, discipline is, is, a, is a concern I think at this point, and, and you wonder whether it's um, you know it, it just it goes into the, you know the change in offense this year that they're still not completely comfortable with what they're running, or yeah, or it's it's a coaching issue. You know, you don't know. I you know I, I like to think over the last four or five years, discipline hasn't been much of an issue with, with Jim Harbaugh's teams. Um, you know, he's he's very much still very old school in, in getting the little things right. Uh, so you have to wonder, you know, from, from a coaching standpoint, where the, where the disconnect is this year. Well, over on the defensive side, the way the game started uh, made you scratch your head, too. Don Brown said last week a couple of times he did not see a repeat of two years ago in Happy Valley, but in the first quarter, it sure looked like deja vu, didn't it? Yeah, it's becoming a pattern with these big road games that, you know, Michigan gets off to a slow start. I mean, even going going back to last year, I mean, we've seen this before, Notre Dame. Uh, they, they remember they fell, fell down in that 17 nothing hole at Northwestern last year. They were able to get themselves out of, but, you know, you go down 21 nothing to a Penn State team in this atmosphere, in this environment, uh, not only is it difficult to come back, but it just kills your morale. You know, and I have to think, you know, given this program and this team having been in the situation before, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned the, the deja vu, um, you know, comparison. It's absolutely right, and I think I have to think that that plays a factor. Um, luckily, you know, Michigan was able to come back this time and make it a game. Um, but you know, that any time you go down big, you know, double digits, multiple possessions uh, on the road against against a good team, it's you know, it just it just kills your chances of, of winning a football game. And as good as the defense was giving up the big plays, uh, just a killer, six big plays for chunk yardage. And I think I read the statistic mm-hmm. after the game that 189 or so of those yards, of mm-hmm. their total yards, were on six plays. And they only gained, what, just uh, 249, 250 yards? So that was the killer. Yeah, yeah, two eight, two eighty three. I think I would say almost. I think they had two hundred three at halftime. So they totaled eighty yards in the second half. But you're right. I mean, they they made the most of what of Penn State of what they had. I think they had the ball uh, only twenty two minutes. Um, Michigan had a fifteen minute time possession advantage. Penn State only ran. I'm looking at the stats right now. Fifty four plays. Michigan ran almost thirty more plays than they did. Uh, they just made they made the most of what they had. Uh, and most of it was obviously in the first half when they kind of caught you know Michigan uh, you know sleeping so to speak. And again, this has been a pattern we've seen. We saw the f- first half at Wisconsin it was a similar situation. You go back to some of those bigger games last year where it was Ohio State, the, the bowl game, Notre Dame. Uh, it's it's becoming a it's becoming a pattern, a concerning pattern. Uh, and you wonder whether Michigan you know will ever you know in 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 their current situation right now, given the coaching staff and the the scheme and the players, whether they're going to be able to, you know they're, they're able to get out to a, a big start you know against a good team. We'll give Don Brown credit though; he came uh, out of the locker room in the second half, made some nice adjustments, and other than one big chunk play, again the defense was outstanding in the second half. Yeah, that's the one. You know, Don Brown does a very good job of adjusting. That's something Jim Harbaugh has brought up time and time again. You know, he's able to read you know the opposing teams and what they're doing, and, and he's able to, to to change on the fly very quickly. Um, you know, I don't know if that's mis- I don't know if that's him or his assistants or what, but he's had a knack for doing that. You know, even you know they went down big at Wisconsin last month, and after that, the, the defense I thought played a very very good second half. But it was a similar situation, you know, on Saturday against Penn State, they allow 80 total yards 
Uh, Michigan didn't, didn't get, I mean, sorry, Penn State didn't get much going on the ground. Uh, they had that one mix-up on that 53-yard touchdown pass to KJ Hamler. Uh, and we found out after the game from Jim Harbaugh that uh, the defense just didn't have the play call. Uh, it wasn't they either didn't read it, they didn't see it. I, I'm not sure what happened there, but it sounds like it was a communication issue. Uh, so had that not happened, um, and he also had that that holding that, that debatable you know holding uh, penalty on Liberty Hill on third down that kind of extended that drive. Um, you know, safe. You know, had that not happened, Michigan may may have shut. Penn State out there in the second half, and it would probably, you know, it would have ended up a tie game or potentially could have, you know, flipped the game. But, you know, it's it, you can talk about, you know, uh, theories all day or what could have happened, whatever. But, you know, it just, they just didn't do a good, didn't do enough um, there in the first half to, to win this football game. Well, Aaron, other than the first quarter, I thought the offense had easily its best outing of the year. They really got better and stronger as the game went on, didn't they? They did. I thought it was Shea Patterson's best game of the year. You know, statistically, I think he's 24 41, uh, 276, I think. He didn't throw a touchdown, he did throw a pick, but you know, I thought he made some good reads. Uh, the, the offensive line, I thought, did a decent job of protecting for him. I mean, he was only an exact uh, once. I did what he was pressured maybe a handful of times. Uh, but I thought he had a relatively good game. He was able to get out of the pocket when he had to, and, and you saw some of that 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 that, that pulling from the, in the RPO game that maybe we thought we get we see earlier in the season. Uh, but he was effective. Uh, the running game came on as, as the game went on. Charbonnet, Zach Charbonnet, I thought had a pretty good game as well. Uh, 15 carries, uh, 81 yards, and a couple touchdowns. They were able to get Hassan Hoskins going like they thought maybe I think like they thought they'd be able to. Uh, but then the distribution of football, I thought, was 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 really good. I mean, they were using all the receivers. Uh, I think they had five or six receivers right. with at least three catches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they they were getting a lot of guys involved. And then uh, this is the offense I think m- many of us were expecting is expecting to see uh, earlier in the year. Well, some of us have been you know a little bit tough on Josh Gaddis at times this season because of the build up and what we expected this offense to be, and probably it was going to take time uh, to develop, and it is. He deserves credit when credit is due, and I thought he called a nice game, put Shea in really good positions in that second half, especially. Yeah, I didn't think the play calling was was much of an issue. I, they, they they had a nice balance. They were using, uh, like I said, they were using receivers and getting guys out in space, like like I think they you know they want to. Um, you know, they just have enough big big crucial plays, uh, big chunk plays to to you know get them over the hump. And you, you know, you throw in the penalties on offense and the drop balls and everything else and it just you know it was a, it was a it was a combination of things but yeah the play calling I didn't think it was an issue I thought Josh threw, called a relatively good game uh, it's probably one of his better games in, in my opinion um, they just I don't know they just didn't do enough to, to win the football game no I agree with that well getting back to the offensive line for just a moment I mean they've been taking it on the chin from fans all year you know some of it for good reason but they got better as the game went on both pass and run blocking as you mentioned and that was a very very good front seven they were playing against and even in his post-game presser James Franklin said that Michigan offensive line was very good they they, they are showing signs of getting better aren't they yeah that the last few weeks maybe last month I think they've been better you know they gave up I think eight sacks those first three games and ever since I think they've allowed I think four in the last four games so protection wise they've been pretty good and I think that's one of the reasons why you saw the run game uh, develop here in the last few weeks especially that last week against Illinois um, they are creating holes they are moving people um, you know they're, they are giving Shea time uh, to operate uh, you know it just comes down to execution you know whether it's the drop balls or, or maybe uh, you know errant pass or you know, maybe a misread. Um, it's just like you, like you said at the very beginning. It's it's just been, you know, each game this season has been like a different thing. You know, whether it was, you know, fumbles one game or, or penalties or you know drop balls this game. It, it was it's been a different thing every, every you know, all season long. They just haven't been able to put together uh, for full four quarters yet. And I think 
you know, once you once they do that, I think I think you'll see uh, you know a much better offense. The offense I think many of us expected. Uh, the problem is it's just taken so long. You know, Michigan's now seven games in the season. They have two losses in the belt. Um, you know, the margin for error coming into Penn State was was virtually nil. Uh, and they still, you know, they aired, and, and that's that's why they lost the football game. Well, as we mentioned, it's seven weeks into the season now. Do you think maybe the offense has made that turn, and it is as a whole coming together? Yeah, you know, I think it's you know, Jim Marvel was I think partially correct last week when he said, or a couple weeks ago when he said, you know, it was making strides. You know, it's, if you looked at the statistics and the protections and things, uh, they were getting better. I think folks are just, you know, they've kind of lost their patience. You know, they want to see this this offense, you know, at full go. Um, you know, we were, t- you know, when Josh was first hired and came in, keep in mind, you know, he was the one that was promoting the whole speed and space, explosiveness, moving the football, dictating games. You know, it wasn't the media, it was him. He was, through his own words and tweets, it just, it was, it's just taken so long. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, at this point, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, you know, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to find a path now where this Michigan team can, can win a Big Ten championship. But, um, you know, you're starting to see some of the playmakers move, utilize a little bit more. Um, uh, but you know, it just they weren't they weren't good enough on Saturday. Penn State, I thought, you know, did enough made enough plays, and they had the more explosive plays. Uh, you know, the first half at least, they were the, the more explosive offense. Here with us on our game day segment this week, as we wrap it up for the uh, Penn State game, is beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. Up next, Aaron Notre Dame, and I'm not sure if they are as good as Penn State. They they look pretty darn good. Uh, they're ranked in the top ten, of course. They're five and one. They're only lost to Georgia in a very competitive game. This is a good football team, isn't it? Yeah, they, like you said, one loss. They're a top ten team. And, I mean, at, at, you know, they don't have the same personnel they had last season when Michigan, you know, went into South Bend and lost the game. But I think it's a very, it's a very, they're on the very similar schemes. Uh, they have good, you know, same type of talent. Um, you know, they lost by I think six to Georgia earlier in the year, and I think Georgia might be the the best one lost team in the country, in my opinion. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be a tough matchup. Luckily, you know, Michigan gets them at home. You know, the place where they they they've, they've excelled against the Fighting Irish in, in the last decade or so. Um, you know, Michigan came in. I think Las Vegas Sportsbook said Michigan is a, a slight two and a half point favorite. So there's there's a feeling that Michigan can make this game a competitive one and, and stay close you know, and potentially win. And I think for the psyche of this program. Uh, and, and this team, you know, I think they need this win maybe maybe more than you know any other uh, other game this season. I mean, just to to get back on their, you know, get back on, the, on their stride, so to speak, and give themselves some confidence because the schedule doesn't get doesn't get any uh, any any easier as, as the year goes on. I think if Michigan plays like they did in the last three quarters at Penn State. I think they have more than a good chance to win this game. How about you? Yeah, definitely. You know, I thought they put together, like you said, I, I, I thought the final half of football especially, I thought their, their offense looked as good as it has all season long, and I think that'll win them a lot of football games, uh, especially in the Big Ten. Um, it, you know, it, Being at home obviously will help. Uh, and the defense, by and large, obviously has been fine. They're just been, they've been prone to those big explosive plays that we've we've seen over, over the years. Uh, so if they can limit you know, the big plays for Notre Dame, uh, then I think they'll be okay and they'll be competitive. And, and you'll have a shot to win. You know, it's again, and this, it's weird because you know Michigan doesn't you typically play a non-conference game this late in the season. This right. is it's kind of a you know odd thing, uh, but it's an opportunity, like I said, for them to, to get back on track and uh, give them some momentum here going into uh, I think an easier matchup uh, the following week against Maryland. Well, I think a lot of the fans are sort of still in their Penn State hangover right now, but this is a huge <laughs> game for Michigan. It's a bounce-back game. Notre Dame still thinks they can get into the playoffs. Uh, they think they have a chance. Mm-hmm. 
It's a national game at night. Once again, for a variety of reasons, this is a game for both teams with a lot on the line, isn't it? Yeah, and again, the spotlight, you mentioned the night game, it'll be a national televised game again on ABC, so the spotlight will be on Michigan once again. You know, a storyline going in the game will be, you know, can Jim Harbaugh obviously win the big game? Can they get the, the program back on track? So I, I think... You know, in a way, Michigan's going to have to win this game because uh, otherwise, you know, you know, say they whether they you know lose a, a blowout or a, a close game in Notre Dame, you know, on Saturday, uh, the narrative goes from there. You know, it's, it's been out of control, and you start to wonder whether Michigan, you know, has a potential of losing four or five games this year and, and making you know making it potentially one of the Jim Harbaugh's worst seasons in Ann Arbor. So, you know, they need this game. I think you know for 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 all sides. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's, it's going to be an interesting one, just to see how they bounce back, like you said, the, the reaction this week in practice. I'm curious to see from the players and how they mentally um, handled the loss against Penn State on Saturday because that was, you know, after the game, we spoke to, I think we had four or five guys we spoke to, whether it was Shea Patterson, Quiddy Pay. They're all emotional. You know, the, I think Quiddy had his head down on the table at one point. Shea seemed a little choked up. You know, they 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 realize they lost a close one. They, the, their dreams, and you know, the, the goals, I guess, of the Big Ten Championship are kind of out the window. Um, so at this point, they're in a way kind of playing, playing for, for pride, um, but they got a tough schedule. And there's some there's some good teams they can still beat, you know, whether it's Notre Dame or Ohio State, and obviously Michigan State's on the schedule too. Uh, so it's an opportunity for them to, you know, get another W and, and prove that they are still uh, a good football team. They have a lot of football left to play, no question about it. A crazy week in the Big Ten, though, weekend, I should say. Uh, were you shocked that Wisconsin went down in uh, Champaign? <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. You know, they've been playing really well. I think they've been kind of surprised the Big Ten at this point. You know, you can say maybe Ohio State has, has surprised some, but they, I think coming into the year they're still considered the, you know, the the leader of the Big Ten. But yeah, Wisconsin. I think, you know, I, I don't. I don't you know, obviously, I'm not there, but I have to think maybe they're overlooking the Illini a little bit. Um, you know, Wisconsin still had Iowa on the, on the schedule, and they saw some big, 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 big opponents. Um, so that and maybe they're over, overlooking them a little bit. I don't know, but. Uh, you know that that loss is huge in that Big Ten West race that is um, is going to be tightly contesting. You, you still got an unbeaten uh, Minnesota team over there, and you've obviously you've got Iowa still in the mix as well. So it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, not only here in the East, but that that West side is going to be fun to watch at the end. Yeah, Illinois maybe caught Wisconsin looking ahead to Ohio State this coming weekend, but again, it was another example. Coaches preach it over and over: turnovers mm-hmm. cost you. Those two turnovers, a Jonathan Taylor fumble of all things uh, in the fourth quarter, and then a, a Jack Cohn interception. Two turnovers led to ten points and cost them the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter the, the, the nature of the opponent. You know, turnovers and penalties and things that uh, you know give give the football away um, will make your chances of, of winning football games uh, you know less. Uh, and you saw what happened on Saturday. Any team, in theory, any team here in the Big Ten could beat any team, you know, depending on you know if you, if you make enough mistakes. So I mean, we saw that you know Michigan when Michigan played Illinois last weekend. You know they, you know they let Illinois get back in the game, and, and, and you see what happened. So yeah, it was an interesting loss. I think it was obviously the shocker of the Big Ten schedule at this point. You know, it doesn't tip, it doesn't eliminate Wisconsin yet, obviously from the Big Ten. Uh, title race, but it's like made things more difficult for them, and uh, it's it's you, you have to feel for Jonathan Taylor a little bit. You know, he's had a Heisman Trophy caliber season. Uh, he, he I think he had another hundred yard rushing game on Saturday. Yeah, but that, that fumble is obviously a costly one. Did you get a chance to watch any of the Ohio State Northwestern game on Friday night? Uh, I caught the tail end. I mean, I guess I wasn't surprised Northwestern. You know, hasn't played uh, you know uh, particularly well this year. They're obviously not the team that they were last season. Uh, but I think you know it just goes to show that Ohio State remains the 
the uh, the key, you know, the, the the leader here, the Big Ten. It's pretty much Wisconsin. Or, excuse me, it's pretty much Ohio State, and then everyone else at this point. I mean, they have Wisconsin coming into Columbus uh, this weekend. Uh, later mm-hmm. on, Penn State. Now a trip to Minnesota, which mm, might be interesting. <laughs> And then, of course, they end the season here in Ann Arbor. Do you think they're going to get tested in any of those games? Maybe, yeah. You know, maybe Wisconsin a little bit. But, I, you know, I think you saw Wisconsin exposed a little bit on Saturday. You know, and it is a home game for, I think, the Buckeyes. So uh, I have to think they'll, you know, they'll be energized and ready for that game. Uh, Minnesota, I don't think, I just don't think they're as good as the record indicates. The schedule's been relatively weak thus far. Uh, I think they, I mean, so, and, 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 so looking at the schedule, I think they had a, they had a really good shot to get start 8 or 8-9-0. Um, but I think their schedule gets more difficult as the season goes on, so we'll see. Um, but right now, I have to think, you know, you know, Wisconsin will have a good shot of obviously winning that West. Iowa obviously will still be there. Uh, but, you know, right now it's, it's kind of up. Minnesota's got the opportunity there to, uh, to to take it, but we'll see. Well, final question for you, Aaron, and this is something I'm thinking about a lot these days, probably because my listeners are emailing me and asking me this every day. If we lose uh, this coming Saturday and then get beat by Ohio State in the finale, and of course you have uh, other games, Michigan State coming in too, do you think Jim is going to be on the hot seat or is uh, he still good for a couple more years? Yeah, it, I have no indication at this point that Jim Harbaugh is on the hot seat from, from anyone at Michigan. You know, the athletic director Ward Manuel has constantly time and again uh, praised Jim. They're happy with the pro, the direction of the program, whether it's you know on the field or even off the field when it comes to grades and, you know, you know, guys don't really get in trouble much, and he, he runs a type sheet program, and I think they're they're proud of that. And I think Jim is too. You know, he 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 think, likes to think he runs a first class clean program, and he he, he pretty much has. Uh, where, where I think the the change is, is I think it's going to come down to Jim. You know, if Jim is unhappy with the, the job he's doing or you know the results in the field, uh, I think he'd be more likely to leave on his own. You know, rather than mm-hmm. Michigan, you know, putting pressure on him. You know, he, he, keep in mind he's still winning a lot of football games. Uh, they're still, you know, still in the you know, Michigan's still in the spotlight. They're still selling tickets. They're still filling the stadium. Uh, at this point, though, I, you know, I I don't see Michigan. I don't I don't have an inkling at all that Michigan has plans on even putting pressure on Jim Harbaugh at this point. Well, neither do I. And it's uh, of course this Saturday night, another chance to flip the script with a huge game for Notre Dame coming in. They're ranked in the top ten, so we shall see. With us on our game day segment this week has been beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. Always a pleasure to have you join us, Aaron, and we look forward to the next visit. Absolutely, Mike. Thanks for having me. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, we'll save any injury updates for Thursday's show. Jim held his Monday presser and seemed more upbeat than he has all year. Now, I'm not sure what that means, but I think Jim feels like his team is ready to make a big leap. I do, too. He said Shea Patterson is playing outstanding, even heroic. 
He likes the effort and resolve his team showed on Saturday, and he was proud of them. He addressed the social media attacks on Ronnie Bell after the game and said the Michigan grad who wrote the tweet was probably drunk and the next morning probably wished he never hit publish. He said he wishes he had more Ronnie Bells on his team. He knows Saturday's game with Notre Dame is a great opportunity and his team will be ready. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, we'll update the injury situation as best we can and talk about what an incredible series and rivalry we have experienced through the years with Notre Dame. I'm trying to line up a Notre Dame guest for the show on Thursday. Don't have one nailed down yet, but we will have someone, so make sure you join us on Thursday. That will do it for now. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Keep your heads up. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!